Hi guys, welcome to our second episode for the um, men's mental health segment of Shy City Speaks. We have another guest speaker on. Um, You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up guys? My name is Victor. Um, Erica and I go uh, a little friendship a couple years way back. So, and uh, you know, I saw that you guys are doing a podcast and, you know, she mentioned uh, reaching out to certain people in regards to this particular topic. And I figured I could, you know, get some insight in regards to, like, the mind of a man, if you will. So in regards to this, because I think it's a very important topic that's not really much talked about. So I wanted to give my insight into uh, what goes on on a daily basis. Yeah, we love we love to get inside men's head. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. <laughs> kind of, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you know it's 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 a topic that I guess has been more mentioned in the last couple of years. I think, mm-hmm. and, you know, with a lot of the topics after COVID, if you know, if we're being honest. But I think in this particular one, I think you know, just giving a little bit of insight in, in regards of you know, just life experiences, whether it's myself or close friends or you know, dad or brother, thinking like that. So just our two cents and just a little reminded for it and being vulnerable for it. Yes, we want to reach out to as many men with different stories because every, I I mean everybody has their own problems, right? But like if we're if we're talking about genders, like what do you think is like the most like um uh trying like the most trying aspect of being a man, like in your opinion? In my opinion, I think it's just the pressure. Um. You know, in, in today's age of just the bar is high, um, you know, the pressure of just being able to make sure that whether it's as fathers or whether it's managers or leaders or, you know, just siblings, the oldest siblings in the family, I think just the constant pressure of just, you know, making sure that we're taking the lead and being successful so we can, we can preach and teach along the way. Um, and I think, you know, we do the best that we can on a daily basis. Uh, but I think ultimately, you know, I guess the recognition piece when it comes to being a guy isn't really there on a daily basis. Yeah, it's more of an ex- it's more of an expected kind of thing. If that makes sense. Wow, that's crazy because like you're the second person that said that this week that I heard. It's expectations and the pressure that way heavy. You know, and I and I I'm 30 years I'm 38 years uh, old, and uh, you know I kind of grew up in my dad. Was, 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 you know, big back then in regards to, like, you know, the, the machismo, the tough, you know, the brute, and, yeah. you know, the man does the man does this, the, the mom does this kind of deal, right? So, you know, and, and, and it was his way of doing things, and I kind of caught on to that, and, you know, and there was, there's some flaws to that, you know, and I think that you don't see that much nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a balance, obviously, you know, women are much more independent, right? You know, you, you know, you guys are strong women, but in regards to like how I grew up with this is, you know, our job, and it still is, right? I have this mentality of making sure that as a man, we are there to provide and protect, first and foremost. Yeah. To our women, to our little sisters, you know, to our siblings, our moms, you know, anything like that. So, and our partners, wives, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, and then no matter, it's, and again, it's expected, 
but then sometimes just a little bit of a gratitude goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and I can't tell you how many close friends that just like, they just say, hey, you know what? You know, I don't get that because it's expected of us on a daily basis. And yeah. you know, it, it gets, it catches up to us, right? So it gets tough. That does make a lot of sense. It's like that, that part of like the culture, it's just, like you said, like it's expected, it's passed down, it's tradition, and that's how everything is supposed is supposed to be and because it's such a, a huge expectation it's like who's even thanking you who's you know saying they're grateful for all the hard work that you do and that is hard that's that's really hard to have to maintain that expectation and pretty much go on doing that without any you know affirmation of you know all the good things that you are doing yeah for sure and you know whether it's you know, again, I'm only going by, you know, the, the type of friends that I have, you know, who are in relationships and, you know, who are married and, you know, just some of the things that they wish that was more of, heard of in their relationships and within their four walls. Hell, even their own uh, work environment, you know, yeah. they love to be appreciated every now and then, right? I'm sure you guys, so at work, you know, like a little recognition, it goes a long way, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know, and but I think the, that's pe- crucial. the pizza parties don't go a long way because I'm like, come on. <laughs> no, yeah, and that's it. you're right. Yeah, well, going back to like, I think when you said, um, you know, like it, this topic of men's mental health has, you know, only started like coming to light and stuff, and that's why I'm like really happy that we have created a space for you know guys to come on and actually talk about this because um, it might you know reach. Some, some other guys who are going through the same things or have the same thoughts. And, you know, when you're in individual therapy, you know, whenever that does happen, um, nobody really knows, the, you know, what's going on and what's happening in those sessions. So, like, you know, this is, like, a really good place to start to have guys come on and, you know, like, get the word out even more just by you guys coming on and saying your experiences. Yeah, and I love that you guys are doing, you know, this topic as well. You guys have covered a lot of topics. You know, I've been listening to a couple of them. You're just kind of giving your insight, you know, and even on the guy side of things, just listening to what a, a woman goes through, a mom or sister, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's tougher. It's a tough world, right? We just have to be more kind, more open-minded. We have to be, we have to listen before speaking, right? Yeah. I think we need to understand both, both sexes and you know, everybody's going through some, some mess, you know, so you just have to be kind and open-minded, but I think with the way a, a guy's mind's motor is just going is, you know, listen, shut up and do it, you know, get your ass up and let's go, you know, you, you got it, you got bills to pay, you got kids to see, you got, you know, happy work, happy life, right, so some of these things, and then it's just, it's, it's a constant train, and we just have to, you know, we, for the longest, I feel like we bottled it, bottled it, bottled it, and then, you know, and unfortunately, a guy comes to the point where we bottle, 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 and eventually, you know, once we open up or speak up, then there's like this anger, right? And unfortunately, a lot of guys yeah. are in anger and, and in ways that it should not be. Um, it, and I think that it doesn't, it gets to that point with so much buildup, um, but, you know, it's because they never had that I guess, peace of mind or have someone who can be there to be like, hey, are you good? You know, tell me about your day. Um, how's work? 
you know, uh, hey, looks like you got something going on in your mind. You want to sit down and talk about it? And I think the answer for the most part, you know, tends to be like, no, I'm good, you know, I'll be all right. And then, you know, we just keep doing what we're doing and you battle it. But unfortunately, it leads to unfortunate situations where you have breakups or violence or anger of just outbursts that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And I think now that in today's age, you're seeing a little bit more of open-minded and talking about it and speaking about it, whether it's in, in couple therapy or, or single therapy mm-hmm. or just, you know, conferences, groups and stuff like that where it doesn't bottle up. And then, you know, now you can have a more adult, mature conversation if that makes sense. So, like, with, with within your, like, group of friends, um, would you say, like, they're your support system or do you have a support system? Do you have people that you could talk to? Do you have people that, that recognize you? in that aspect yeah yeah we do um you know my, my you know in my circle of friends you know, i would say about five or six mm-hmm. and you know we confide in each other where it doesn't become there's no judgment you know yeah like everybody's cool about it we all and everybody needs that circle of friends where you're just supportive of each other you know but also you need those friends that need to tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear exactly you know what i mean so and i think as you grow older, you realize that you have less friends, but those friends that are there are the ones that are keeping it real with you, but also being supportive and are not hating on you. And you can be open-minded and open about certain things that are affecting your life without any judgment, obviously, right? And then give you some opinion or feedback based on what's going on in life. So I do have that support system, I'm blessed to say. Um, you know, even men's, female, I got a couple, like, you know, lady females, you know, especially, you know, Mother and sister, they're very supportive. You know, they mm-hmm. listen to what I got to say or something's going on, you know, with, with personal things, you know, and, you know, I've been vocal with a couple of personal things that I've got going on to an extent, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're ones that kind of keep me grounded and it's really good to have. So I think we all need that. It's really been really helpful. So um, before, like, so before you had your support system or your group of friends, have have they always been your 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 support group like or no no not, not at all you know um i didn't have anybody to talk to it, so was, how, nobody. it was just like yeah. how, how 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 did you deal with things then when when you didn't have any support or you didn't feel recognized or anything like that like how did you deal with the pressure of everything on your own keep it bottled in yeah keep it to myself you know wake up go to work you know something happened that was negative you know i just i just found a way to channel it in and just hold it in and unfortunately that wasn't good and you know it, it's it culminated to some things that you know ended up being negative down the road that were setbacks that weren't positive influences with the people around me including kids mm-hmm. um and i had to you know recognize that and have some self-control and you know it wasn't good um yeah. You know, and then it got to the point where I finally got a chance to, you know, just use or utilize resources, realize, you know, because my job, you know, I'm thankful to have a job that provides, like, being able to have, like, therapy sessions or counseling if you need it, you mm-hmm. need it. Um, but I know myself, just along with a, a lot of people that, you know, were going through some tough stuff through around 2020, around the COVID time, mm-hmm. um, you know, we couldn't go anywhere, right? We couldn't go out. Um, everybody was inside and, you know, maybe it was, it was affecting my morale. It was affecting work, personal life, relationship, and, 
you know, it was, it was, it was, it was dark times and that eventually I had to be, you know, I had to open up and just talk to some friends, be open-minded and cause they could tell that I, I wouldn't be my normal self, you know? Yeah. And that's, go ahead, Amanda. That's like the really hard thing to acknowledge, like, especially, um, when you're like a young teenager, things like that, like it's so important to realize who who's around you, who's um, who are you being influenced by, or do you not have anybody? And you know, I feel like especially in our neighborhood, like all of like the guys who are in gangs and things like that, like and everybody who's around them, they're just older gang members, really, and that's pretty much who they have to look up to and there's like no way around that um so it it just really sucks that like it takes a really long time for guys to kind of get out of that mindset and actually find people who are on the same page as them and who could think the same way as them and who want to do better and you know actually be able to express themselves without being judged I think we all have that group of friends, you know, whether it's, you know, from 18 to 24 age or, you know, you know, now into our 30s, you know, for some of us where you always got that small group of friends that you got the mischiefs, you got the badasses, and then you got the one that's grounded. You know, yeah. the one that's always going to give yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the proper advice, like, no, no, you shouldn't do this. Stop going back to them, you know, <laughs> stop doing that dumb stuff. Um, and, you know, we have that, you know, we have that friend, but that's always going to give the advice or, you know, be the mature one. But, you know, when the going gets rough, like tough, then who goes, where does that person go to, you know, because they need some help sometimes as well. And, you know, you got to be able to be, some people are just so accustomed to being the, the problem solver. But then when they have problems or when they have some things going on, who are they to speak to and get that support system and, you know, we, that's what I'm saying. Like, we always got to, you never know what someone's going through and you got to be able to talk to them and just, you can make someone's day just by asking the question. You just, maybe they're, they're going through some stuff you don't know about. And I think just being kind and, and gentle and, you know, approachable goes a long way. And I, um, and I know how you said that, like, you know, you, you, you know, your father and everything. And I know with your kids, like, how, how do you, like how do you relate to your kids or talk to them like you know it's okay for boys to cry it's okay for you know boys to talk to people and you know what I mean like how do you um how do you go about explaining that to them or showing them it's it's it was it's a tough thing because like I said when I when I grew up you know whether being in sports and just the pressure of you know succeeding and being the best like my dad was like you go you gotta be the number one you're gonna be the best you know work, 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 like, yeah. and I'm like, you know, damn, like, I wish I was a kid, you know, let me be a kid, you know, just grow up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was like that, you know, and it was discipline, and it was the repetition, and he was a little bit rougher, you know, on the edges, but again, it was no malicious intent, it was just the way they used to do things. There. Yeah. There was never, there was never a simple conversation back then about, you know, feelings and growing up, and yeah. how school, is anybody messing with you, anybody bullying you, like, I don't think parents back then had those type of conversations. Now it's like, you know, you see videos out and, you know, of teachers being abusive to kids or daycare or stuff like that. So you have to have those conversations be proactive and not reactive to make sure that they're aware and you want to kind of guide them through the world and, you know, make sure that they're ready. 
Um, but you also want to approach it with a, it's, it's got to be a dialogue. It's got to be a back and forth conversation between you and them and not just being like, no, this is how it's got to be. And I'm the parent. I told you so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it took some time, you know, and as a parent, you always learn every day. We're, we're never perfect. It's tough being a mother, you know, being a mother is the toughest job in the world. Uh, you know, I give you guys kudos for it. You, you know, I know Erica, you got kids. Um, you know, we're always learning, we're always evolving. It's, it's a never changing world, but we have to, as a guy with three, I got three boys and I got all boys, you know, it's, it's, I have to show them because I want them to be respectable, loving, nurturing, only the respectable kids when they grow older, you know, because it's, it's a tough world. So we just have to try to do our best day in, day out to make sure that they're on the right path. Yeah, and I and I also feel like, like too with like boys, it's like um, it's important to show compassion to them, um, especially when they're young. You know, like I know we're used to kids when we're like, when they fall or they get hurt or something, we're like, come on, get up, stop crying. You know, like, and and it's like, yeah. and and you know, and it makes them like, okay, I can't cry. I I'm not, I can't cry because then it's gonna make me feel like I'm not tough or something, you know? So I think as parents, like, we all do that, like, in general. But, I mean, I think that's where it especially starts for boys because, um, you know, they're they're like, okay, well, I can't, I can't act um, weak or I can't cry or I can't show my feelings of when I'm mad or when I'm upset because, you know, I mean, I see my friends do it with their kids and they're like, stop crying. And, you know, and they don't talk to them back like, oh, tell me why you're crying or or what happened or, um, you know, like like yeah. just having a simple conversation with them. And um, I feel like uh, like I know I'm guilty of it as a mom, like even though I have three girls, like I'm like, oh, stop it. Like, just get over it. You know what I mean? Um in a way, I feel like like that's how we were kind of raised too, Manda, right? Um, we never really talked about um, um, when like serious things would happen. We kind of like brush it um, under and just like try to move on. And and then I mean, like every now and then, like we would have like our our life conversations with our dad and our mom. But I feel like like that's all I remember growing up is like if we fall down and we get hurt or something happens so that's cool and we're like oh well just beat them up you know <laughs> like or dust it off it's gonna be okay don't worry about it you know roll it was never a real it. conversation <laughs> yeah roll some dirt on it you know get up let's go keep, <laughs> on, keep chugging along you know <laughs> yeah. and then you you end up doing that with your own kids and it's like oh let me let me pause let me step back because that obviously didn't work with me so why is it gonna work with my kids? <laughs> you just gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta check yourself, you know, because um, then you're gonna instill that same kind of mentality to, to them, and they may do that with the, you know their kids in the future, and you don't want that, right? You want to, you want to break the cycle, you know, you want yeah. you want to break the generational cycle, and you know that's that's another thing that that is statistics out there, you know that, you know, the apple don't fall far from the tree, right? So you want to try to break that that generational curse and the way it's always been. Um, it's not just about dust yourself off or get up, you know, go be a little bit, you know, and can't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you gotta you gotta approach it differently. So and if you don't, you're gonna have DCFS to bring your doorstep before you Yeah, <laughs> for any little thing nowadays, man. You can't even you can't even spank your kids anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. God forbid you say it, you post anything about it, someone's like reporting you and you you're in trouble. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And then that that was like another thing too. Like times are like so different than how it was when we were younger too. And I'm sure for our parents too, like, you know, like you said, it just keeps on evolving. So it's like now we're trying to teach ourselves how to go about things a certain way or a different way. And it's difficult, especially when you have other outside influences, you know, like you don't know if your kids friends are at school and, you know, they're giving them advice and it's horrible advice. And you're like, okay, well, my friend said this. So this is how I'm going to do it. And then you're trying to tell them something else. And then it's just like contradicting each other. And now the kid is confused. Yeah, you want to, you know, I I don't that's one of the like pet peeves. One of the things that I don't like when, you know, you want to compare your parenting style to someone else's parenting style because maybe that kid is successful but you know could, could that be kid be successful yeah but you know behind closed doors behind the four walls is that kid really happy you know yeah um you could have somebody that you could have a mom that's just in an apartment you know who's trying to do the best which is their kids and they may not have everything but you know they they have everything in there and it's all love and nurturing compared to the guy who's rich and got the perfect wife or the perfect house and everything like that, but they're unhappy, you know? So yeah, you, you don't want to compare them. You don't, you don't want to have a measuring stick because, you know, everybody has different lives. And, you know, I don't like that people compare themselves like that. I think we should always be open-minded to, to certain things Yeah, and read upon it, but we shouldn't <laughs> judge others, you know? Yeah. Um... Uh, I lost my train of thought. It was about the parenting. Oh, yeah. Back to comparing, you know, different parenting techniques. Like, um, I know, I know for instance, like, you know, I personally don't like hit my kids or anything. I, I feel like with my kids, um, just having a simple conversation and having my angry voice on, like, it goes a long way. <laughs> um, but, you know, there has been times where I had to hit my kids and I, and I felt so bad after I felt like I was like the worst parent ever. And then I thought about it like back in the day and I'm like, man, my aunts and uncles used to whoop my cousins. <laughs> like, like well, you know. We flying, yeah, we got flying objects when we were younger. <laughs> and they're still bad. <laughs> so it's like, obviously it didn't work. It didn't help. And then it's yeah. like, you think like, oh, having a conversation, is that going to help? No, it probably wouldn't help. So now what do you do, you know? So I agree with you. Like, no parenting technique is um it's whatever works for your for your kid at the end of the day yeah like i, I remember talking about it with some friends and you know like and, and now we even joke about it now where it's like you know i go to the kitchen and we talk about like parenting style and discipline and it's like i go to the kitchen i'm like man i, I saw my mom use every type of utensil that was in here to <laughs> get my attention and to have my and my butt sit down and settle down. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we were, we, we were bad kids, you know? We, we were all kids, and we were bad kids. We didn't know anything better, but there's a fine line between abuse and discipline. Yeah. You know, and I think that, I think that you're with you, you know, or any parent or even siblings that fight with each other, I don't think there's any malicious intent. I don't think you're all trying to, like, beat each other up. You know, it's just sometimes you get upset and you release your frustration, but you have to... It's one of those things where you're just trying to make sure that they don't do it again, right? But uh, you can't be beating your kids up, excuse me, obviously, but, you know, I don't think that that's any good parent's intent. Uh, But again, it was acceptable back then, and now it's frowned upon. Yeah, it is very frowned upon because 
DCFS will be at your doorstep in a heartbeat <laughs> for any little thing. I'm I'm not speaking from experience, but one of my friends, like man, I remember one time she said that um she went to she went to a festival right and it was very congested, and um she called me and she's like hey she goes DCFS is gonna be calling you and I'm like what. <laughs> Like, why? And this was probably like, I don't know, probably a couple years after high school and or maybe when I was like 20. And and I'm like, why would you do? And, and you know, her kids are always clean. They're always fed. Like, you know, they're very respectful. You know, she's like a really good mom. So I was confused. Like, I was like, OK, what does she do? You know, and I mean, because she hits her kids, you know, when they need to or whatever, you know. But I guess um, her daughter was trying to, like, run into the street and the cars were coming. So she grabbed her arm and she pulled it and to stop her from going in there. And um, when she went to school, I guess, like, on her arm was her mom's hand mark, like, you know, grabbing her arm. So they called DCFS without wow. even asking the mom anything. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's something. You can't even do a simple thing without, you know, other people assuming stuff. Yeah, and again, even like from, from dad's point of view, you know, it's, it's even more, it's even more out there where, you know, you, we have to be more caring, more nurturing without, you know, raising a hand or taking a belt off because, you know. Yeah. It's by by instinct, unfortunately, society just views it as like the, you know, the rough, rough and tough and abusive, and you know we hit our kids like we used to, but you know there's that's never our attention. You know, again, there's there's a fine line between abuse and discipline. Yeah. You know, um, but I think in that example, you know, I think the mom's just best intentions is you know to to take care of it, but all it takes is that kid to go to school the next day, the teacher sees it, counselor sees it, and then you get a call, you know, without. You know, you're, you're mind blowing and you're shocked that anybody would think yeah. that you would do something like that to your own children. You know, and that's sad. It's, it's effed up, but I think just ECFS has, has always had pressure ever since like that one case. You know, there's been a bunch of cases where they just ignored all the all the red flags. You know? Yeah, but definitely. It sucks. It sucks. I remember, um, I remember Belly went to school one time, and when she was younger, she used to have nosebleeds all the time. And I think she was running late to school or something, and her teacher had asked her. I can't remember if it was Lena or Belly. It was one of them. Her teacher asked her, you know, like, what happened to your nose? Because I guess, like, she still had, like, some blood, like, left in her nose. And she's like, my dad punched me in the nose. And I'm like, why would you say that? I'm like, you can't be saying stuff like that at school. And she goes, it was a joke. I'm like, no, they don't take that as a joke. She had to be like in third or fourth grade. I'm like, oh my God. But I'm so glad nothing happened. (laughs) I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah, right? I was like, man, you're going to get your dad in trouble. But it's the truth because, like, you know, moms moms are seen as the more, like, nurturing, you know, and the fathers are, like, the tough disciplinary types. I mean, it's a stereotype, you know. So, yeah, that's what they're expected I, to uh, be. Yeah, and again, going, going back to, like, just, just channeling in and making sure that we have our emotions in check, you know, I got a couple of military friends uh, of, of men who, you know, who served and, you know, those are some of the signs that, you know, when they have outbursts and, yeah. you know, they're, they're just, they're wired, they're, 
they're told, you know, from drill sergeants and you know, from the past, just keep it in, you know, like, yeah, shut up and, you know, let's keep on chugging along because you have to protect your country and you don't want to, you don't want to be the weak link in your group, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, that is one of the, you know, common, you know, mental health issues in, in men with, whether it's PTSD, you know, or trauma. Um, and a lot of people don't see that, right? It's just like, you know, well, thank you for your service, but yeah, there's a lot going on and you just have to be, you have to be, you know, respectful and you have to be understanding of what's going on. And I don't think that's, that's something that's really out there that discussed as much that we should. And, um, and we should, you know, and again, yeah. that's something that we're, I didn't know, I didn't serve in the military myself, but again, just kind of having the circle of friends and people who I work for where it's like, man, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta approach it cautiously because it's something could trigger them, right? Anybody, everybody has a certain trigger, and you have to be respectful and watchful because you just never know. Yeah, I even seen some some. Um, it was some instances. I think I was watching like a documentary, and it was of the military husbands coming home, and then every time they came home, like they felt like they didn't fit in anymore because, you know, they they had a PTSD. They were depressed, and you know they were always jumpy, and you know because it's new to them to be in a calm environment. Um, you know, it, it would make them like act a different way and, you know, in, in, in a way that would make them seem more aggressive. So um, they just kept on going on tours because they just said that they didn't feel right being at home. And it's just, you know, they're, how do you go back to training your mind to thinking that, you know, I'm not in this place anymore. I don't need to be like this anymore. So it is pretty hard for, for you know, people in the military to do that i mean i have and then they go yeah go ahead uh, oh no i i was just gonna say like i had a um uh, a friend from work and um they were in the military and um you know they're always like happy and you know always like i've i've never seen this person cry never seen this person angry i never seen this person hurt or anything and um all of a sudden they start they started saying like oh my god i don't know what's wrong with me you know like i keep shaking and and you know like i just feel paranoid and i'm like well have you ever um you know went and like spoke to somebody like i think you're having like panic attacks you know and sure enough like they started going and seeing um a therapist and it all the stuff that that was happening to her it was triggers from when she was in the when she was in the military so i mean I don't know. Like. Yeah, and those, and unfortunately, some military, you know, to your to your point, to your example, when you know things go south in, within the family, some of these guys and have they will resort to doing things that they shouldn't be doing, whether yeah. it's resort to drugs, resort to liquor, alcohol, right? Yeah, Amanda, you know, you, you may you may have had some guys who have mentioned that, and you know, unfortunately, it goes down a really bad road and um but they have no other outlet does that make sense so yeah they can't voice it if they voice it it gets turned back to them where they're the bad guy regardless so one of the ways there to have an outlet to express yourself rather than just chilling at a bar and go drink or go messing with women or driving and drunk before you know it it just gets really ugly unfortunately um you know and but we all we all have to find some type of um you know, outlet or something to get us, keep our mind busy, you know, I, I heard your, uh, I think it was your cousin on your first episode where mm-hmm. his outlet is gym, right? Yeah. And 
like good for him like it's awesome that you know when it uh, the going got you know got rough he, he didn't go through a different path his thing is it's motivation it gets him active it keeps him busy and he's got goals and you know he's trying to be a better person and but not every guy does that right yeah. because uh, some go the positive way and some go in the negative light um, but you know again they, we get to that point every guy gets to the point where they're not confided in anybody that they don't trust anybody there's their circles already small but they use it against them yeah um and then they end up doing you know really bad crappy decisions that you know they, they regretted down the road yeah and i feel like I that makes it easier it, it just makes it easier to repress all of those feelings and thoughts that uh, people are having because it's just so hard to like actually sit with it and acknowledge it and try to work through it. It's just nobody wants to feel all those bad feelings. It's like I'd rather just push it to the side and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, I can only use my personal experience and, and this is like the most I guess where it really got bad and the most I guess biggest example that I can use for myself where I know one of your first questions was like how did you be open-minded you know yeah. how, how did you channel your energy or how did you become more to think about it well yeah. again for the longest I didn't because um with the person that I was with in previous relationship um relationships in the in the past you know it was always me being again provide protect nurturing the whole nine when it came time for me to be vulnerable and express my feelings, um, it was then later used against me. And yeah. it was used against me over and over and over. So it got to the extent of where, you know, just trying to make a relationship work and going into like couples therapy. Or, uh, you know, in couples therapy, you think you're just going to be, you know, you gotta be open-minded and just express yourself to the deepest of, you know, mm-hmm. darkest secrets, if you will. But to have that person that you thought you could confide in and trust them, to later use it against you was just crushing and just, it shut down, you know? We shut down. And I think that that's another example that, you know, again, just with the mm-hmm. guys that I talk to, whether it's at work um, or friends or brother, you know, and dad, where it's like, you know, why? Why am I gonna express my feelings if I'm gonna be deemed weak? Yeah. Or not not a man or well the hell with you because, you know, you're just, just like your dad or like your brother or, you know, this and that. So then at that point then we're just gonna shut down and just it's like, Well, that's it, you know. I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna be vulnerable, but then it culminates, right? And um it took me years to be open-minded, to have somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. because I just did not trust. If I couldn't trust somebody that I live with, why am I gonna trust anybody in the outside world to just open about my feelings or what I thought of for once? You know what I mean? And I think that it sucks and a lot of guys go through that. Again, I can't speak to the majority of them, the percentage of it, but I can mm-hmm. only say just from my experience and friends that I have and even people that I work with, you know, being in with my job, I've been with 12 years, I see people come in and out where it's like, no, like, why am I going to express myself or what I think when it just gets used against me or, 
you know, just talking smack. You shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, um, it, you shouldn't be tit for tat. And I know that, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know each other's, you know, strengths and weaknesses yeah. and triggers. But at no point should you use that. You should never go that low to try to use it because, you know, it's, it's always, it's never always about your particular feelings. You have to be, it's a, it's a relationship, but it's a hundred, I don't like saying 50 50. It's a hundred, hundred percent relationship that you both have to put in. That is deeper than just finances and kids and love and stuff like that. You gotta be, you know, everybody has feelings, but you have to meet them in the middle. Yeah. And I feel like like what you what you stated, like I know I was guilty of that at a certain point um, in my past relationship, you know, throwing, um, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of the weaknesses out there that, you know, they confided in me in. And I think it's a big form of immaturity. Um, and it's in that's it's immaturity and it's very disrespectful. Um, and I recognize that, um, and maybe within like the last years of that relationship, like I didn't do it anymore. And I, I think it's just because I grew to think like, okay, you know, my, my end game was to hurt him, you know, hurt him with his own words, you know, and, um, it ended up making things worse. It does because your partner is supposed to be your best friend is supposed to be somebody that, that, you know, like you said, you confided and you trust and, you know, you're looking for another opinion. Okay. Well, help me change, help me do this. And, you know, if I happen to do it again, I'm sorry, you know, like I'm learning, you know, to deal with it or whatever. So, you know, I'm sorry that happened because, you know, like I said, I was on the other side of it. And at that time I didn't recognize it. And, um, um, it's just, it's just a big form of, of maturity. And I feel like, I mean, I know for a fact, a lot of women do it cause I witnessed it. And, um, it, it's it's like you said it's bad when when you know men have all these other problems going on and then you come home and you can't even like you said you can't even you know trust or anything the person that you're living with so who can you really talk to yeah you know we put in you know your eight ten twelve hours you know and whether it's labor or just whatever it is right and um you come home you want to come home to a peaceful environment right who doesn't like doing that yeah uh, we went through a lot of stress at work. And then you want to come home and you know you want to, whether it's you have kids or you don't have kids, you just want to come to a loving, you don't want to come to more drama. And, right, because you know, your home you, is supposed one, to be your peace. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's all it is. Like, we deal with enough BS, in, whether it's a corporate world or, you know, just customers or whatever the case may be. Like, we don't want to come to another headache. And, yeah. You know, we just want to wind down. And a lot of guys... That's all they want. Like, we need, there's a lot of guys that just need like 10 to 15 minutes to decompress. Uh, and I know a lot of women do that as, as well. Where yeah. they need to just come home. I need 10 minutes. You know what? I'll cook in a minute. <laughs> I'll yeah. get you guys ready. You know, um, let me just decompress. And some people are like, even me, myself, I used to do it. I did not want to come into the house. I would sit in my car for 10 to 15 minutes and just wind down and just chill there. Yeah. Windows up. And, you know, instead of being given that peace, it was questioned more like, hey, are you going to come in? Like, what's going on? Why are you still out here? Who are you calling? Yeah. And it's like, there's no, <laughs> like, there's nothing. It's just, I need, I need 10 minutes, babe. You know, I need, just give me like, give me a little bit. I'll be right inside. I'm just, 
I'm just finishing up this call or yeah. something like that at work. And again, it's not that there's any fatality going on. It's just like, it's literally our time to just decompress and need 10, 20 minutes. And then it's like, all right, let me come in. I'm all lovey-dovey, you know, I'm happy smiles, I'm happy to see you, but I think that, um, you know, a lot of times we just tend to think inward and not outward, if that makes sense. And, you know, unfortunately that, that happens to be the case with, and even guys are guilty of it, you know. I know myself, I'm guilty of it, I, you know, in the past where, like let's say you had a rough day at work, my partner had a rough day at work, there's, there's a, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something, but don't judge, don't judge me on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm just here to vent you. Do not tell me, you know, what I should have done. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so you got, you got to, you got to listen. You know, and that's all that people want. You know, as partners, under the only one. It's just, I, just, I don't want you to say anything. Yeah. I just want you to listen to how my day went. And that's, you know, you got to do that as as men, as guys, partner. We got to do that. You have to be more. Uh, thought about yeah. it, you know, uh, it's the best that I can think of. Instead of just being like, well, you know, keep going to that job, you know, and it keep telling you. And then it just gets, <laughs> it gets rough, you know, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, I ha- I think I have, like, certain friends for everything. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, do I want someone that's going to side with me or everything? Let me call her. And then I got another one that would tell me, like, the truth about myself. And then I got another one that, w- that would, like, just listen. So, I mean, even at work, there's a couple times I've been I cried and I came into work and my coworker was just like, you know what? I'll give you about 10 minutes. That's all you got is 10 minutes to cry it out. After that, you got to get yourself together. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know? So <clears throat> I feel like, I mean, even though all of your friends or your supporters should just be able just to sit there and like hear you out and then like end it with a hug <laughs> just to even things yeah, out. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, you want to acknowledge the problem. You don't want to be dismissive about it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be like, all right, what you want to eat? You know? Yeah. You want to go, you want to go do this. You want to go shooting range. You want to go boxing. You want to go something to release that, you know, frustration, if you will, right? So, and again, we tend to have that. Like for mine, my way of releasing stress or my therapy, if you will, is like going to play softball, play sports and go bike riding. Yeah. Like for me, that's just that's just so chill, calm, um, and then I'm I'm good to go, you know. Because I deal with customers for nine, ten, ten hours a day. Oh I my deal god! With Karens, <laughs> like Karens day in day out, Karens and Kevins. So, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm in the I'm in a leadership role, and I need to be, you know, listen first, respond yeah. second. I need to be, you know, I got to manage employees. They got lives going on. They got kids. Uh, but to your point, you know, if they're upset, they're crying, um, you know, we all got sick time, right? So like, hey, if you want to talk about it, I'm here for you, open door. And it's not cliche, you know, you, you just, you have to be respectful of them and yeah. um, take as much time as you need to because there may be something going on. And you got to see those signs because a lot of times you have people that are coming in late to work day in, day out. Um, they're very cold, you know, they're very to themselves. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of bathroom plays. They pick up different habits, and you just have to be open minded to see what's going on. It's a little bit deeper instead of being like, "No, oh, man, you got to go with work. Let's go." You know, I need yeah. Um, it's a different approach, a different mentality. But again, I have to do that. But at the end of the day, like even myself, I'm like, "Damn, what about me?" I'm like, 
I had a crappy day. Like, <laughs> what can I talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where, that's where my point is, you know, like, uh, you got someone that's giving advice, but then who's helping them at the end of the day? And all that's pretty rough. That's pretty yeah. rough for you because, I mean, I don't know. I cannot deal with people. Like, I know I deal with patients, but I cannot deal with customer service. I can't do it. It's like a big <laughs> headache. I'm like, I think I would have a meltdown every day from coming, <laughs> coming back from work. And then, you know, having to deal with the at-home issues. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to lock myself up in my room <laughs> for the rest of the night. Nobody bother me. But, I yeah, mean. Check out, check yeah, check on your retail people, your nurses, doctors. We are not okay. <laughs> no, we we're are not. not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm glad you mentioned that too because um you know I I um. Uh, a couple weeks ago like I didn't go to work for I think it was like a week okay I went to work for like four and a half days and um, my boss was like oh I want to talk to you and I'm like okay I'm like man I'm gonna get in trouble from like you know missing work all that time but I was like really sick like I wasn't feeling myself or anything and um, she's like I thought she was gonna write me up and everything and she just said I just want to know what's going on with you you know and you know I told her and then she gave me like some um, some insight on what what is the next steps that I should do? And, you know, I'm lucky to have a, a supervisor like that because not a lot of um, not a lot of supervisors or managers or anything like even play that role. Like they only want you to clock in, do what you got to do and go home like they don't care, you know. So, I mean, that's really good on your part that, you know, that you're able to be that person on top of everything else of what you're going through, you know, having that leadership role. So it's like your leadership at work, you're you're having a leadership role at, at home, <laughs> you know, you're like having it everywhere. So it's kind of tough. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 a different like and again, we've evolved, you know, and I think a lot of jobs have to evolve with that because as, as you see, there's a, there's a lot of turnover. There's I feel like anywhere you go driving down the street, you see like now hiring. Yeah. Know, not hiring. You know, and, and it's like. <laughs> Damn, there's so many jobs, but why are people applying? Is because you have bad leadership. You have you have managers who just want to like drain you to death and overwork you. They don't look out for you. You know, pizza parties like to make it sound like it's the best thing in the world. Like that's that's not it. Yeah, you know that's not how it goes. That's not how you reward people, and people burn out. You know, and you have to be open minded to that and. And that's, again, tying it all back to the subject is, you know, people burn out and their health is in question and people have a little patience and to deal with anybody who's just burning them out at work or just talking down to them. Yeah. You're not going to develop a consistent team on a day-in, day-out basis to have some success in in your field, right? So, and it's, it's all tied into that. And I don't think that a lot of leaders do that. I don't think a lot of managers do that, supervisors. It's all about work, work, work. I need results, especially even in a, in a numbers-driven you know, business. Um, it sucks, you know, yeah. and, and they, te- they try to keep us updated of, of teaching us different practices and making sure that, you know, we're always having that dialogue and open-door policy to make sure that, you know, everything's okay, you know, that it's okay to take the day off. It's okay to, you know, take care of your kids. Don't. You should never feel guilty of having to leave early to take care of your kids because yeah. family comes first. Yeah, family comes definitely. first and foremost. And if you were to, you know, be fired the next day, they're gonna, you know, if you were to die the next day, they're gonna look for somebody the next day. They're gonna forget about you. Yep. And it shouldn't never, and it should never feel like that, no matter where you work at. 
Um, but a lot of companies don't do that, and I've been, you know, blessed to have a job where they look out for you, you know, and they provide the resources and, and therapy and, and insurance, which insurance should be universal, you know, yeah. for the whole world, but it's not. That's another subject, but, you know, having the resources, being able to talk to somebody is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's expensive, right? It's expensive, but... Again, going back to my example, like I went to somebody who I live with for free therapy, free. <laughs> and, and, and well, it's supposed to be free, be. but you got headaches <laughs> instead. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went in with I went in with uh, some issues, and I ended up with more issues. <laughs> uh, and then I went to go to a therapist to pay them an hour's worth, and that's expensive as a man knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap, right? But, you know, again, you think that you're talking to somebody that you live with and you confide in them and trust them. Free consultation and open-minded, and it just gets used behind you and it just becomes a, it becomes a domino effect into something that should have never you know, happened in the first place. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Well, I'm glad that you have, you know, sports and stuff as your outlet. I mean, I don't even know how you do it because with my age, my knees and my back is not the same as it used to be. So, I mean, like, you know, everybody's outlet is different. And I mean, hey, you're getting everything for the price of one. You're getting a workout. You're letting stress out and, you know, you're enjoying yourself and, you know, you like your boys like they seem like they're very respectful they're fun like you always have a good time with them and um you know just keep on taking care of yourself and and your kids because you're doing a really good job yeah yeah i wanted to um take a quick second because i say this and i thought it was really important i wanted to share this that i saw online um in one of the groups that i am in facebook and you know it's a motivational speaker i forgot his name i wish i had it but it says most men will only experience unconditional love from their mothers. And some of us don't even get that. Most yes. of us have never ever felt appreciation or respect without conditions or hidden intentions. We don't know what it sounds like to hear, I see you and I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're here. You really make a difference. Yet the expectation is to constantly be displaying the strength and love that the world is hesitant and conveying. We're expected to have a thick skin, but judge if it turns into a hard shell. The first step in being a man is ignoring the hunger because, yes, boy, you're going to be starving. Starved of attention, starved of affirmation, starved of love, starved of being told that you are enough. Step two in being a man is comfortability with replaceability. You are only as good as you are useful. You are only as valuable as needed by others. Should there ever come a day, boy, where you fail to provide everybody with a smiling face, then do not be surprised when they say all men do is take up space. And wow. I thought those words were, were pretty impactful, yet sad. Yes. Um, they were very deep. And I think that's, yeah. And I think that's uh, just something that, you know, a lot of people don't know. And I hope that a lot of guys, young, older, you know, just be able to express and have somebody that they can talk to on a day in day out basis. Yeah. That was pretty, um, that was pretty intense right there. What were you going to say, Amanda? I wish, uh, yeah. Oh, no, I said, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I was, I mean, I'm sure that spoke a lot too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the very first part of what you said is how men only sh- um, get that type of compassion and, and stuff is from their mom. And, you know, most of them don't even have that. And 
Yeah. You know, that's the only place that and they it, get it. And I, and, and I didn't mean to get somber with it, but it's, it's the hard truth, you know, fact with, with some with some kids or, you know, some men that go through it on a day-in, day-out basis. And, and again, we're just kind of programmed. Many are just programmed to just kind of keep it in and and just hold it in. And but unfortunately, it can lead to outbursts that, you know, should never be there. So, um, but we also have to be, you know, vulnerable to, you know, to talk to somebody that, you know, that it's okay to express emotions and feelings because when we're good, man, we're, we're, we're hardworking. We're at the end of the day, we're going to try to provide and be loving. Great dads. We need more role models in that aspect. Yes. And I think that, you know, the world needs more of that. Um, I think a lot of dads get a bad rap of just being not present, you know, not nurturing. Um, you need more of that. So we yeah. have to be a good statistic and not a bad statistic. So we have to change that uh, trend. And ladies, we have to take care of our men. Well, me, not me, because I don't have one, but we have to, <laughs> we have to be there for them. You know, our dads, our brothers, our uncles, you know, check on, check on the men in your life, you know, be that person for them. Because like he said, you don't know what they're going through at home and what they're not receiving at home. Like, I can't tell you, sometimes it's just a littlest thing. Like, it could just be like, you know, what I just come watch a football with me. You hate football, but just sit down <laughs> next to me and let's just watch this. Or even if it's like a Netflix show, like, you know, most most of us men will be like, all right, babe, we'll watch what you, what you want to watch. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, what, what do you want to watch today? You know, even though you hate it, but just like, you know, just sitting there and watching it or, you know, being supportive of that or being open-minded to just meet in the middle kind of deal. It just goes a long way and I can't tell you the reciprocation is going to be there and, you know, you're going to be that love, loving family, you know, you're going to try to show out and express it. And then it's going to be a domino effect for your kids and it's contagious, you know, and, and that's all we want. You know, at the yeah. End of the day. Well, Victor, I thank you for coming on and sharing a lot of detail with us. Um, you know, it's it's nice to hear everybody's. Um, well, I know that you're only the second one, but you know, everybody has a different background and their input on, um, you know, men's mental health. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing with us. No, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are doing awesome. Keep up the great work. Keep building on that. You know, just these topics go a long way, man. And then um, I hope you guys have great success and you know, um, continue success with the podcast. So good job. Thank you. Much success, guys. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next weekend.